three, two, one. That's right. You're listening to the It's My Time podcast, a recording of the experiences, past and present of everyday people. Yes, indeed. And now, here's your host, the one, the only, Asher Chua. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks, Asher. Thanks for having me, brother. Happy to be here. And it's an honor to have you have you on the podcast I, because I was just telling you, thinking back to when I first wanted to do the podcast, interview brothers from the Paraline, you were mm. one of the guys that stood out to me because um, just getting on the Paraline and being around other men and really taking on the challenge mm. to communicate mm. with my, my own voice you were one of the ones that kind of stepped up. You made the joke about coming to America. You were like, hey, let me make sure you get the reference so that um, it doesn't go over your head. So yeah, yeah. for that, and of course, for many more things, I appreciate you. Hey, hey man, respect. I appreciate you, bro. Awesome. Yeah. One, one of the questions I always like to ask the guests is, mm. who do you say you are? I am me. I learned, uh, I wouldn't have said that previous months years but i have learned over time to fully accept me mm. uh, in all this glory and all this blemish you know i i don't i have uh, overcame uh, titles mm. and perspectives and expectations of others and myself mm. And uh, I just fully, I'm in a season in my life where I fully love being me, you know, um, and everything that comes with that. Awesome. So when you say you're, you're you, how, how did you come to that, to that resolution? Like, tell me a little bit about where you grew up, like how you became the man you are today. Yeah, I mean... To be honest, Asher, man, you probably can make, like most people, a movie of my life. Um, uh, I was adopted um, by a family of sharecroppers. My, my dad dropped out in elementary school. My mom dropped out in middle school. Um, and I was adopted because um, I was black. You know, my birth mother... Uh, who was white, was married to her white husband. And, uh, yeah, here come I. So that changes my situation, uh, changes her situation. Um, and so now uh, I go through what I go through dealing with being a tall, light-skinned person, but raised by a short, dark-skinned, wide-nosed family. Mm. Right? So... It's always evident that one of these things are not supposed to be here. You know what I mean? <laughs> so um, I noticed it even at three, like, I would say four or five years old, particularly mm-hmm. five, because when I went to my mom's job, my sister said, this is my brother. Mm-hmm. And people looked at it because my sister was like almost 30 years old and mm-hmm. I was five. And then she says, this is my adopted brother. Now, at five years old, I didn't know what that meant. Mm. 
she was just my sister. Yeah. So I didn't process that you had to explain me. And I think there's so many other things that happened along the way. But, you know, I just think that whole energy left me with constantly trying to prove and validate that I fit in, that I, fit in, that I was mm-hmm. a part. Um, and kind of run away from my truths, too, at the same time. So the same time you're trying to fit in, you're also trying to avoid, you know. Um, and so I've uh, reconciled with my birth mother. We have a great relationship. Um, I've reconciled with my birth father. Uh, I still love my parents. They still love my parents, you know. Um, I have a wife and beautiful children. And... Between the experiences of school, sports, childhood, wife, children, leadership, you get to a point where things start to reveal themselves and repeat themselves. Mm-hmm. And so you got to ask yourself a question, you know, and I, I had to experience everything I had to experience to get here. You couldn't tell me. You couldn't force me. I had to go through my go through. I had to experienced my journey and I had to arrive at the conclusion myself. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So having, having been able to reconcile with your birth parents and Mm. now having your own family, Mm. what is it that you, you're striving to instill in them and also to go further on that being, at the men's retreat now and being in the position that you're in, mm. how how do those things mirror themselves for you in your life? Well, first and foremost, I um, when my children, the part, the, your first part of your question about my children, when they were, uh, my daughter was one, my wife was pregnant with my son, and I realized I would have to explain to them who they are. Mm. And I didn't have closure who I was, you know. So in that time in that season, I, literally that same year, my biological mother reached out to me on Facebook looking for me 27 years later. Right? Wow. So um, going through that, the relief for me, separate of the reconciliation of my past, mm-hmm. was I would be able to share my whole truth with my children, mm-hmm. you know, that their, their, their dad has two moms and two dads. Mm. And what does that mean? Why is that? That they're black and they have uh, white in their lineage as well. And they understand that. That they're Bermudian and American. That they're, you know what I mean? Like, I just got a chance to really be honest with them from jump instead of like, you're different, but you don't know why. You know what I mean? Um, and so I've seen the confidence it has given them to be able to know who they are. Again, my children are now in middle school and high school. Going through all of these commitments, responsibilities, um, has a rose to this point with the prayer line that, you know, I've, I'm here in a position that is relative to almost, I think, every brother. Because I'm a leader. I'm a husband, I'm a father, I'm an entrepreneur, but I have challenges. But I don't run away from my responsibilities. 
I don't run away from my convictions. I don't run away from my beliefs, right? And I don't run away from the challenges of it all. You know, it all, it all comes with it, right? And I think now I'm at a space of an encourager. Mm-hmm. Like first, I needed the support because I was like on a lifeline and I needed to be inspired to continue in the fight of all the commitments and responsibilities that I had and anxieties about what's to come and what to do. But now that I'm on this side, it's about lifting my brothers up, encouraging my brothers. You're going to be okay. The world is not going to end. You know, um, tomorrow's another day. You're going to be fine. And I'm, I'm relishing it. I enjoy it. You know, I'm a huge male advocate. Uh, I'm a huge, uh, about male empowerment. Uh, because I understand truly how hard it is to be a responsible, committed, um, God-fearing man in this world. You know what I mean? Uh, I I enjoy how you broke that down and mm. just one categorizing it, but really highlighting those values that matter to you mm. because. A lot of times, it, you as a man, you can get to the point to where whether you're younger, early 20s, late 20s, early 30s, 40s, 50s, whatever stage you're at, at times you can get into this pressure where it's, am I meeting my responsibilities? Am I providing financially? But it's like part of the conversation today that kind of opened my eyes, it's like, it goes beyond just like the physical, beyond the financial. Like, what does it mean to be emotionally present? What does it mean to be yes, spiritual? And mm. like being around yourself mm. and other brothers on the line has been it's been it's been refreshing because sometimes it's like you get lost in the day to day with what you see around you, what you hear, and this has been an opportunity to really refresh and clear the mind to be, okay, what am I putting in to my ears? What am I putting into my spirit? Like, Mm. how am I starting the day? Mm. And then what's the takeaway going home? So Mm. I appreciate you taking the time to really highlight those things and making it mean something to you because my hope is that someone can hear that and see a piece of themselves in it to know praise god no matter what goes on under the sun it's like there's nothing new mm. although it, it may it. it may look different mm. it's still worthwhile sticking around because during last year especially you talk about 2020 2021 there have been many challenges that have come up mm. and for a lot of men it's been you can tap out where you say, okay, I don't want to do life anymore. Like, why am I going to bother? Who's going to miss me? Let me go find a hole and hide in. But it's like, it's more challenging to step up or take the challenge in the moment to say, okay, I may not like conflict, but I'm going to step into it and actually embrace this thing. But I don't have to do it on my own because... I have some people I can lean on. Mm. I have people I can come to and actually um, 
feed into it. Maybe I didn't say that right, but there's a place where I can fellowship with them to where mm-hmm. I can bear my heart. But at the same time, as I learn and kind of get in that environment, mm-hmm. I can really start to add value back. So it's like being in this type of environment, it reminds me that you don't always have to feel guilty or feel like, okay, everybody's doing something, so I need to do something. Sometimes you just need a place to rest, mm. a place to be present. And then from there, it's like once mm-hmm. you're, you have a, a minute to lick your wounds or heal, mm-hmm. then you're, you can look around and be like, oh, okay, that person needs help or they're going through what I went through and now I can do something that was done for me. Mm. Maybe not in a similar way, but being able to be around other people that are healthy and that are um, honest about their experience in life, Mm. it's something that helps other people just to show up Mm. and even when you don't want to, it's mm. like you, you still have that obligation to show up because you have the, the help and support you need. So yeah. just for that, I, I say thank you. And I, and I and that particular point, man, Ash, you know, I have to give credit to my dad. Uh, he's a huge reason why I not just do what I do, but why I help other men and mentor boys. Mm-hmm. Because I understand the impact my dad had on me manning my post as a man. I remember, I remember asking my dad. I went to his bedroom and he had a plaque from Townley Manufacturing, and he got a plaque for being there for 20 years. But I remember my dad going to work five o'clock every single day, right? Not get home till after five o'clock every single day. So I was like, man, dad. I remember prior to that you did sharecropping almost for 40 years. So I was like, you did, man. You were labor for 60 years. So then I said, then I asked. Him, I said, dad, did you did you enjoy? Um, working at Townley, he said no. I was like, Dad, you know, I was I was out of college. I was I was a young man, so I said, Why would you work somewhere for twenty years that you did not like from five o'clock in the morning to five? Like, he was like, I had to do what I had to do for my family, and they made it such an. He made so many like huge impressions upon me. Like never like never went on a shopping spree, like never went on a guy's trip. Like, like just, he was just, I need to be here for my family and I will endure it as long as I need to endure it. Mm. So I understand that those, those, those deposit, those cash reserves in my spirit and my DNA from that example of that man, mm. a lot of men don't have that. Mm. A lot of men don't have that type of, no matter what, you don't back down from your family. No matter what, you make sure you show up and be the deacon at the church. No matter what, you get the respect of your community. Like, those was non-negotiables with my dad. So when people say, man, you a leader in this, I'm like, I, I really had an example in my dad. So when I see people struggling, particularly men, mm-hmm. we talk, we chop it up, we get something to eat, and we get to their fathers and their example that they had. Right. We had a complete different experience. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So for me, I feel it's my duty mm-hmm. to build up my brother because he ain't heavy. He's my brother. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And, and that... I think I I was talking with PJ before and I was saying the big thing for me that was a main takeaway today was just that the clarity Mm. and just having something 
just clarified or explained fully just makes it that that much easier to view and mm. just I I just it took me back to putting on glasses for the first time mm. when I it's like I knew something was wrong with my vision and from my family where we come from grew up as a preacher's kid still a preacher's kid and everything coming also from Cameroon, West Africa, Central Africa, mm. like you're into the heavy religion of prayer, like for everything you pray, like we don't go to the hospitals, we don't do any of that, but like <laughs> going to that appointment and like saying, okay, this is what's going on, here are your glasses, it's like, oh wow, okay, this this is different, but mm. without going too long on that tangent, something that I also learned from that experience is that it's good to get the help you need, but also be wary of where you're getting the help from. Because mm. I had a a visual doctor, which every time you'd come to see him, he'd tell you every single thing that's wrong with your vision. He's just like, oh, your vision's terrible. It's going to deteriorate from now till 20. And then from 20 to 30, it'll be about here. And then after that, you're just going to need bifocals. And it's like, aren't you supposed to help me like you just tell me this is what's wrong with you mm. here just up the prescription up that up that up that but it's like i think that's the difference in you giving that clarity and explaining it's like okay here's your your specs but with that here's how you get better here's things you do to better yourself i'm mm. not just going to tell you hey man your shoes untied oh hey there's a banana right there or hey like you just, it's one thing to identify things in people's life and be like, well, you didn't have what I had, so good luck. But it's like, mm. no, you took the charge on yourself to say, I recognize what I have in my life and I see other people that don't have that. So mm. now let me come alongside them and help them out. Mm. Yeah, appreciate that, bro. Thanks, man. You're welcome. And to that, I would ask you, how can people learn or become a part of this community? Oh, yeah. PrayerWarriorsGlobal.com, man. Uh, we got, I mean, I'm just so, I think like a lot of men here, I'm just so proud. You know, I'm so proud of what we've been able to make a step. Mm. I don't feel like, I don't think like we, have, we reached a huge milestone yet, but we made a huge step mm. in the direction of meeting the needs of men. We have a, a focused and dedicated board. We have, uh, uh, you know, ministry needs every single day on the prayer line. Uh, now we're servicing seven days a week, you know, um, and I'm just, I'm just so grateful. So if you want to know more information, we got, um, PWG, um, men at Instagram and Facebook and follow us. Uh, um, I mean, um, if you want to become a member, you go, uh, prayerwarriorsglobal.com and, uh, yeah, man, um, join, join the fam, uh, join the tribe. But join more importantly the mission of helping men. Awesome. And the last question I have for you is are you who you said you were? Yeah. A hundred. So awesome. Know. All right, man. Thank you. <laughs>